Amen. Welcome to Island Community Church. We're so excited to see you this morning. Would y'all stand as we just sing songs of praise together? Jesus, let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here in us. Jesus, there is no one heaven king of heaven come down king of heaven come now let your glory reign shine like the day king of heaven come king of heaven rise up who can stand against us you are strong to save in your mighty name king of heaven For your glory, we grant Jesus, set our hearts towards you, that every eye would see Let it high. See that church, King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. Let your glory reign, shine in light.
singing church. Y'all go ahead and grab a seat really quickly. Good morning. It is so good to see you guys. Missed you so much. Um, it was great to be away this past week. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Michelle and I had such a wonderful week just doing absolutely nothing but being together and being with the Lord, and it was great. But totally missed you guys and so glad to be back. Are y'all glad to be here this morning? It's good to see you. If you're new this morning, welcome to Island Community Church. I'm Barrett and uh, one of the pastors here, and we're just so glad that you're here today. If you will, stand up. We have a, a silly little tradition here. It's not really a tradition. It's just that we like each other so much that we like hugs or handshakes. So if you want to greet some people around you, just tell them good morning, get to know their names, and uh, we'll get started here in a second. I heard, that, uh, I heard that we had some issues with parking this morning, and we apologize about that. This is one of the few Sundays in the year that, like, five family reunions happen in this place, and uh, so it is what it is. We did not just park cars out there to make you come early for setup next week. It'll, it should be better next week, but uh, it's so good to be here, so good to be here together today. We're going to move now into uh, just a more focused time of worship, and uh, we are so glad you're here, but... I just pray today that your attention wouldn't be on all of who, who's around you or what the screens look like or what I look like. It's, I don't look that good. Um, but just don't focus on all the external stuff. I, I pray, I, we have been praying for you already this morning. And uh, we, we've been praying, and I pray right now that, that God would take your heart and just like, put blinders on it like the horse, you know, where they put those little things over their eyes and so they only see forward that, God would do that to your heart such that your, your attention today, that your devotion today would just be on who God is, would be on the Lord Jesus Christ and his love for you, would be on the fact that God cares for you and wants to live in relationship with you. I don't know where you are this week. I don't know where you come from, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your mind, but I do know this, God cares about you. God loves you and he wants to meet with you today in a very personal, intimate way. He wants to speak into your heart. He wants to bring joy and peace. He wants to bring his spirit to dwell within you. And I hope that today that you would just have eyes for him, that you would have a hunger for him, that your heart would be open to receive from him, that you would be totally poured out and available to his Holy Spirit 
and whatever he wants to do in your life today. So let me pray, and we're going to go into a time of worship. And I just pray that your heart would be totally available to the Lord Jesus. He is wonderful. Oh, isn't Jesus wonderful? You haven't begun to understand how wonderful he is, and neither have I. We need hearts for him today. See and believe. Lord, we come to you right now, and we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who has promised to be with us now and forever. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be tangible here in this room today, Lord. That we would sense your presence like we have never sensed it before, Lord. That our eyes would see, our spiritual eyes would see, our spiritual ears would hear, our spiritual heart would behold how wonderful you are. Oh God, give us focus today. Give us love for you today. Give us worship, deep, genuine worship from the bottom of our hearts for who you truly are, God. We ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Glory to God, glory to God forever. We sing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Lost and insecure, still mercy for, still mercy for, for my attention. You waiting at the door, then I let you in. Just when only love can make way. that again. Just praise the Lord with it when only love Repeatedly. 
because the words of this chorus are so true that we're here this morning to lift God up, that we aren't here for ourselves to learn. I mean, it'll come naturally, but we're the main reason we're here this morning is to exalt God on high. And as we sing through this chorus, I just want you guys to join with me with all of your strength, all of your emotion and your singing lifted straight up to God.
Sing that again, church. And you alone can rescue. You alone can save. You alone can lift us from the grave. Oh, you came down to find us. Let us out of death. To you alone belongs. church. Y'all be seated. Well, again, it is wonderful to see you guys this morning, and uh, what an awesome morning of worship. Amen. As the light comes on, um, our, our church has been built on God's faithfulness, and uh, you just need to know that, especially if you're visiting today. Uh, we are we don't really pride ourselves in anything other than the Lord and His faithfulness to His people. This church didn't exist six, seven years ago, and God has been so faithful to uh, 
build his church here in this community. And it has been a wondrous thing to watch. I, it's the most humbling thing I've ever been a part of. And it's not about any of us. It's about what God is doing. Amen? Um, I say that to say uh, the church is built on God's faithfulness, but it's also been built on men who've responded to the call of God. And right before worship started, I saw somebody come in today that I want to recognize. Some of you may not even know him. Uh, but Hoyt Loveless is here, right here in the front row, if you'll raise your hand. Some of you are clapping because you know Hoyt, but Hoyt is the man who planted this church. And I praise God for his faithfulness, and I praise God for Hoyt saying yes to God's call uh, in that living room that day. And uh, the church has been built upon God's faithfulness and men who have led it uh, following the Lord. And uh, I am... I am just so thankful for you, Hoyt, and I just need you to know that. Um, I know it's cool to come back here and see this church today. Um, Hoyt's on his way to Colorado, and uh, they are going to be moving to start a new endeavor there and new ministries there, and we definitely want to keep him in our prayers. More churches to be planted there, we pray, and especially in the time of need that they're having right now. Um, that's the town that y'all are moving to. I didn't know that. So we need to be praying for Hoyt, and uh, let's go to Lord in prayer right now. But Hoyt, it's an honor to have you here, and uh, so good to, to see you. And I pray that you'll be encouraged by men like Hoyt, and that you'll come and hug his neck before you leave today, because uh, God wants faithfulness from all of us. Did you know that? The Lord can do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that you could ever ask or imagine. But if you follow him, if you're faithful to him, if you give yourself to him, God wants to do amazing things through your life. It's not about Hoyt. It's about what God did through Hoyt. And the same things can happen in your life if you just respond to God and let him be God in you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the worship that we've already experienced. Lord, you are high and lifted up. And Lord, we love you with all of our heart. We come here today not to celebrate the love that we have for you, Lord, but to celebrate the love that you have for us, love that gave your only son, Jesus, for us and our sins. We praise you, God. We thank you for your faithfulness and for your grace. This world is about you and my life. Every life in this room is about you. You made every person here for you, for a relationship with you, God. And I pray, Lord, that today would be a day that we return you to your rightful place, to the throne of our hearts, to the center of our lives, Lord, that we would allow you to be you in us. And Lord, that you would, in your grace and faithfulness, Lord, use us, use this church to be a beacon of your light here in this city and around the world. We pray for Hoyt, God. Thank you for Hoyt. Thank you for Jeff and for men who have come before who have followed you, thank you for your faithfulness to call them and for their faithfulness to respond. And we just pray that you would bless him and his family, God, as they move to Colorado. We pray, God, that even now you'd be preparing opportunities for them to be a minister, to be a witness, Lord, there in that place, that you would usher your presence with them as they go, Lord, that you would just bless them, give them so many opportunities, God, to plant the gospel there in the hearts of men and that they would respond to treasure you, Jesus. We pray for our time today in the Word, God. This is your Word, and you inspired it, Lord. You are the one that still speaks through it, and we need your help as we come to it today. And so we pray that you would speak to us for the glory of Jesus and our good. Amen. Well, if you'll open your Bibles, I hope you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, then it's totally cool. There should be one around you, or you can just look on with your neighbor. They don't mind sharing. 
Uh, I already talked to him this morning. Luke chapter 15. <laughs> Luke chapter 15. We've been studying the book of Luke here at Island Community Church, and uh, we just go through books of the Bible here. We don't really know another way to do it, and so we just go through Scripture. And uh, we are in Luke chapter 15. And boy, am I excited today. <laughs> I'm so excited, not only because I just got back from vacation last night, and, uh, but I'm excited because the Lord is so good, and I get to proclaim His goodness to you today. This is the best job in the world. You think you have the best job, you don't. I might be a little bit prideful, and I'm sorry for that, I repent of it now, but I just think this is wonderful. I think this is the most wonderful thing in the world to get to just proclaim God's goodness and faithfulness to you. And you just need to listen to the Lord today. Luke chapter 15, one of the the most well-known chapters in all of Scripture. Who's who's ever read Luke chapter 15? Who's ever heard sermons preached from Luke chapter 15? Probably, right? Um, Luke chapter 15, it's just so beautiful. And and I love studying it in the context with which we have because you see it in its proper place as Jesus is teaching the crowds and teaching the disciples on his way to Jerusalem to go to die for our sins to be buried and to rise again. This comes in the midst of that discourse. And it's like this word is given to us. It's almost like a window that is open for us that we might gaze into the heart of God, that we might gaze into how wonderful God truly is. It's like the window that's been opened for us to see His heart and to see the gospel come alive right before our very eyes. And I'm telling you, you should be excited about this series. Prodigal. Are you excited? Are you excited? <laughs> Amen. Prodigal. Um, I'm telling you, I was at the ocean this week, and uh, standing there on the shore, who's ever been in the ocean? Y'all been in the ocean, right? You know, you stand there at the shore, and you just look out, and you can't see the end, Right? I think Columbus and all of them thought that was the end at one point before they realized the world was round. But we know you just you stand there at the shore and you look and you just see as far as you can see and you cannot see the end of it. I love that feeling because you realize how small you are and how great God is. And let me tell you, this morning, like you're standing on the shoreline. As we go to the Word, you're standing on the shoreline of the very presence of God, and you're just standing there, and you look into His heart, you look into His person, and you can look as far as you can, and you will never see the end of who He is. He is beyond comprehension. He is beyond anything that you can totally wrap your finite mind around, because He is infinite, and He is perfect in His ways. So we're going to get a glimpse of it. And just as you stand at the shore, you can, you can stand there at the ocean's presence, right? And you can, you can sense it. You can feel it around your feet. You can see a little bit of it. And that's what we're going to be doing here today. We're going to be standing at the shore of his person. But it's not the end. This is just a glimpse, a small gaze into who he really is. Y'all tracking with me? Don't ever think you fully understand God. You don't. Don't ever think you fully understand the gospel as it's something you did in the past and it has no more effect today as if you can't learn anything more about it. You can. Forever and forever we will be gazing into the distance at who God is and learning more and 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 more about His person and His wondrous ways. Aren't you excited about that? 
Stop getting lost in all the petty stuff in your own little life and gaze into the wonder of God. That's what we're doing. Luke chapter 15. We have been studying about Jesus who came to seek and save those who are lost. And crowds have been following Jesus as he's been teaching about the forgiveness of sin and life in the kingdom of God, how God demands your whole life if you are to follow him. And we come now to verse 1 of chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. I want to stop right there for a second because I want you to understand the context with which this has happened. Jesus is teaching about the forgiveness that God offers any man who will come to him and believe. About the hope that is possible in life because of the work that Jesus has come to do. He's come to usher in the very kingdom of God. He's come to call all men to himself and to follow him with radical obedience. He's come to bring purpose to your life, to bring life into your death. This is what Jesus has been teaching about. And it's interesting, who, who starts hanging out with Jesus? What's that say there in verse 1? Sinners. Oh. Sinners and tax collectors start coming and gathering around Jesus, man. His main little... I, don't, I, I, I get in trouble sometimes using words that I don't really know the full extent of their meaning. So I'm just going to ignore it because Michelle's in the children's wing today. And I usually look at her to see if I can say something. And she usually goes like this. So I'm just going to pass it. But anyway, his little groupie, I'll just say (laughs) his little groupie, um, mainly made up of sinners and tax collectors. Folks who were really messed up. Folks who were pretty much marginalized because their sins were so flagrant. Their immorality was so open. They, they weren't disguising the fact that they were messed up people. These are the folks that you go around Memphis seeing and, and they are just clearly got big problems. You know what I'm talking about? Folks that just have big problems. They're doing the drugs. They're maybe engaged in prostitution. The tax collectors, those who are openly accepting bribes. The pe- people who just have big issues in life and, and they're not hiding them. Very open issues. These people were grouped, and the Bible refers to them as tax collectors and sinners. These people were hanging out with Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. The gospel attracts sinners. Amen? The gospel attracts sinners. Jesus attracts sinners. If you don't have folks around you who are messed up folks who aren't attracted to you and the grace that you have and the love that you have for them, might be something going on with you because Jesus attracts sinners. Now, Jesus is not a sinner, but Jesus attracts sinners because what he's offering is life. What he's offering is forgiveness. What he's offering is hope. And let me tell you, sinners are hungry for hope. Sinners have been dabbling around in the world so long that they know there is not much lasting satisfaction in all that stuff. They are hungry to be satisfied in something. And Jesus is saying, come to me. And I am the 
well of living water. Drink from me and you will be satisfied. He's offering forgiveness of the past and sinners know that their past is pretty screwed up. They know the things that they've done, the things that they are doing. And Jesus is saying, come, forsake all that you have, take up your cross and follow me and I will forgive you. And let me tell you, sinners are attracted to that. Amen? There's another group standing nearby. And who are they? It says the who? Yeah, the church people. Woo! Hoyt, he nailed it, man. That's why I planted this church. He's good. <laughs> the, the Pharisees, the religious people, the morally, well, so they thought, the morally upright, the ones who went to worship regularly, who prayed constantly, who kept the ceremonial and religious law, those who were the people of God. And you have both people here kind of crowding around Jesus listening to him as he talked. One of them is very happy at what Jesus is saying. (laughs) Who is that? The sinners. The ones who knew they were messed up, who were free to admit it and said, oh, thank God there's a Savior. Here he is. (laughs) But the other, not so happy, Who was that? The Pharisees, the religious, the church people. Why? Because to them, relationship with God looked like separatism. It looked like ceremonial purity. It wasn't about grace. It was about what you could do for God, how clean you could be, how much you could be used by God. It was all about You, and sure they were saying it was in relationship with God, but it was all about what you did to fix your own life so that you could come into the presence of God. Now let me just give you a hint here. Everyone in that crowd was sinners. Right? But only some of them knew it. Well, maybe I should say this. Only some of them admitted to it. Everyone is a sinner. Because, see, sin doesn't have to do with your behavior. It has to do with the state and the attitude of your heart. And everyone is a rebel in the heart. Everyone is self-centered. Everyone has gone their own way. And in that crowd is all sinners. Some of them are very aware of it. And they're happy to rejoice in Jesus, and some of them are not aware of it or not admitting to it. And thus they get offended at what Jesus is teaching about forgiveness and grace. And thus the stage is set. The play is about to begin. So Jesus launches into this trilogy of parables, which we know as Luke chapter 15. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of of the two sons. We're going to cover the first two parables today, and then we'll cover uh, the parable of the sons in the weeks to come. So, let's keep reading. Now, you have to understand, the Pharisees are murmuring. They're griping. How could Jesus hang out with these rascals? It's like a, a, somebody I read about this uh, passage said, it'd be like going out and looking at, seeing Billy Graham hanging out with Eminem and Lady Gaga at Applebee's every Tuesday. What is Billy Graham doing? Doesn't he know these people are messed up? 
How dare him? Well, of course he knows they're messed up. That's why he's with them. Because they need, more than anybody, they need the hope of Jesus. But see, that religious attitude, why? Why? What would he be doing? That's the attitude that they had. And they so misunderstood the heart of God. They so misunderstood it. And that's why Jesus responds more to them than the sinners. But of course, he's talking to everyone. But he responds with these parables. Let's keep reading. Verse 3. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, He calls together all of his friends and his neighbors and he says to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or or what woman, having ten silver coins, If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors. And she says, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one Sinner who repents. Anybody ever lost something? Anybody ever you ever lost something valuable? Yeah. Anybody ever lost a child? My mom lost me once. It was awesome. <laughs> you know that feeling like where you get in the elevator and you like go to get your mom's hand and it ain't your mama. And you're like, where's my mama? Yeah, hey, it's not good. My sister got married last weekend, my baby sister. I cannot even believe she's married, Um, but it was a lot of fun. My mom lost all of her jewelry that they had bought to go with her dress. You know, mother of the bride, you you do these things. Couldn't find it anywhere. We we stayed up till 2.30 a.m., the day of the wedding, looking for that jewelry. When you lose something important, what do you do? You do everything you can to what? To find it. And Jesus is giving us a glimpse into the heart of God. He's looking at these religious people right in the face who have problem with sinners coming to God. And he tells two stories about that which is lost and that which is found. And there's some truths, some really critical truths that we need to learn from these stories. And I just want to walk through them quickly this morning. And I want to direct your attention to the heart of God. First truth is this. We are lost. We tender, we we tender. That makes no sense. We tend to wander and to stray. The first parable is about what? A lost sheep. 
It's really interesting that Jesus uses sheep because in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 9, we have a verse that says what? All we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way. We have a parallel here of our lives. We have a sheep that has lost its way from the pack of a hundred. We have one sheep that's so stupid, so ignorant, so rebellious, so fascinated perhaps with all of the grass over here, even though shepherds going that way. Okay, look at that grass. That's some green grass. It looks good. I'm not going to hurt you, angel. <laughs> she wasn't the grass. But we have a sheep, right, that's, that's turned to its own way out of that flock. And let me tell you, that sheep is lost. I think God chooses sheep to refer about us because sheep are so stupid. Y'all know that, right? Sheep are quite stupid. I lived in Africa for months and months, and I'm telling you, those sheep were crazy. They'd come up into our compound. They'd just come wandering up into the thing. We'd wake up, and sheep would be almost right beside your bed. And you're like, whose sheep is this? And no one really knows. The sheep is just so dumb that he's just wandering and just whatever looks good, let me just go to that for the moment, right? Perhaps the sheep was rebellious, didn't trust the shepherd or just didn't want to submit to the shepherd, didn't really want to go the way of the shepherd. But what we know is this sheep is lost. And we know that sheep tender, why am I saying that? (laughs) Thinking about steak, I guess. Sheep tend to wander and to stray. And, and look, the Bible says about you that you are lost. You have left the flock of God. You have left the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. By your own choosing, you have gone astray. And you haven't just done it once, but you do it every day. This has been the pattern of life You are lost. Romans chapter 3 says, No one seeks after God. Everyone has turned to their own way. No one is righteous. No, not even one. Lost. Rebellious. No, I don't want the pasture that you offer me. No, I don't want the protection that you provide for me. No, I don't want the care that you have for me. No, I don't care about the love that you pour out to me. I want my own way. Turn to my own way. I want to be the center of everything. I want it my way. I want control. I want the toys out in the world. I don't want the things that you offer me. This rebelliousness, this turning, this wandering is the spiritual condition of every single person in the sound of my voice. This is you. This is you. This is you. You are the sheep. And you're the coin. You're the coin that's lost, that's gotten lost in the rummage of the house. That's so dirty that you can't even see it. In that time, they had these dirt floors and you couldn't even find the coin. It's so lost and so dirty, so far gone. This is you. You are lost. Let me tell you, you cannot understand the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus if you don't understand that you're lost. 
You see what I'm saying? You are lost, and there is no hope of you returning if you are left to yourself. That sheep would never find its way back to the shepherd, and that coin could not find its way back to its owner. They are lost, lost, gone, far away, wandered in their own way. You know your heart well. I don't have to convince you of this. Whether or not you want to freely admit it in the open or not, I know that you're lost and I know that you're rebellious and I know that you're sinful because I am. And God says that we all are. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. In your life right now, how are you wandering from God? How have you chosen to take things into your own hands and not submit them to the great shepherd? How are you drifting what part of your heart is not submitted to his control? How, where, where are you wandering? How far off are you right now? The Bible says we're lost. But the great news of these parables is the focus is not on you. Aren't you glad? Look at the second truth. God is a seeker of the lost. One at a time. Let me tell you, I can't even begin to unpack the beauty of this truth today. All I can do is just try to open the curtain a little bit and let you see in. God seeks the lost. God is a pursuer of those who have wandered away from Him. I I get scared sometimes that we've heard this so much that you're like, yeah, yeah. No, you're lost. You've walked away. You've forfeited your rights, and God is seeking after you. Everybody should say amen. God seeks the lost. What happened in these stories that Jesus is telling to reveal the heart of God? The shepherd, what does he do? The sheep ain't, sheep's out wandering, man. He ain't even thought about the shepherd. The focus on this story is what? Look at it. Verse 4, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, what's he do? He leaves the 99, and he does what? Goes into the open country after the one that is lost until he finds it. Shepherds have a great love and care for their sheep. Did you know that? Anybody ever seen a shepherd and sheep? Nobody. Y'all need to go to the Middle East. Oh, it has. All right, good. Gary has. Um, shepherds have a great care and affection for their sheep. It's, you think about it like a small business. The sheep are their livelihood, man. And you, you know Psalm 23, the one that we love? What's it say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to... The point is, this is the picture of a perfect shepherd. The one who cares for his sheep, who leads them and protects them, who guides them and cares for them, who loves them and gives himself for them. This is the picture of a shepherd and a sheep. And do you understand now what you're seeing here? You have a shepherd who's lost one of his sheep. The sheep has turned away. But the shepherd, his heart remains. And what is his heart? To seek after 
the sheep. God is moving. Listen, listen, listen. God is moving in your direction. Your spiritual story is not about you moving to God. It's about God moving to you. God is pursuing you. God is seeking you. God seeks that which is lost. He pursues that which is far away. Anybody have a, just raise your hand if you have a testimony of God seeking you. Amen. God seeks you. In the story of the woman and the coin, who goes after the coin? The one who's lost it. That coin is valuable to her. Usually women in that day would wear these headbands of coins. They would have ten coins given to them at their wedding and it would represent that covenant. And to lose one of those coins, man, that is valuable. God values you. Listen, God is a big God. Amen? He's got a lot going on. I mean, he's holding galaxies in place right now. Can you even fathom that? He's keeping together atomic particles in your body. I think, is that right, medical students? I think that's right. God is a big God, and he has a lot going on. But here in this story, we see that God You as an individual. Isn't that amazing? That you are lost. You turn to your own way and God is seeking you. He comes into your space and He makes Himself, makes you aware of Him. He makes His presence known. He pursues you. He won't let go until you surrender to Him. God is a seeking God. He seeks sinners. The third truth is this. God does everything necessary, everything necessary to save the lost. What do you see here in the parable of the sheep and the coin? Look at it one more time. He goes out into the open country. He leaves the 99. He goes after the lost one. How? Until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it where? On his shoulders, rejoicing. Look at the parable of the lost coin there. Verse 8. What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not what? She lights a lamp. She sweeps the house. She diligently seeks until she finds it. The picture of the shepherd and the picture of the woman who is representative of God and His heart for you today. It's not a picture of a complacent God who's just sitting there waiting for you. No, He's pursuing you. And He will continue to pursue you until He has found you. And when He has found you, He will do everything in His power to bring you from where you are to where you need to be. To get you back home. Let me tell you, this is not about you and what you do for God. This is about God and what He's doing for you. He's the one that took the initiative. Lost sheep don't take the initiative to come back home. And lost coins sure don't get up and walk back to their owner. I wish my mom's jewelry would have done that. That would have saved me some sleep. But they don't do that. God takes the initiative with you. It is by grace that you have been saved. 
not of yourself, not of your own doing, lest you boast. Amen? This is God's pursuit of you. Listen, you would be nowhere. You would be nowhere if it weren't for God's action towards you. You mean to tell me that you would do something to save yourself? No, you can't. Dead people don't make themselves alive again. God makes people alive again. And if God doesn't come toward you, you're dead meat. You're lost and you will die. Sheep can't fend for themselves. Did you know that? They're the most stupid and harmless. You know, nobody gets scared of a pack of sheep. You just don't. They're dead meat. I mean, you're going to slaughter them. That's all they're good for, really. And listen, the way that you've gone in this world, the way that you have chosen to walk away from God, you would be just as dead meat. And that is just. For God to give you what, he deserve, what you deserve is just. He could leave you dead in your sin, never come back for you, and that is what you have chosen. And that is okay, because that is just. But God loves you. God cares about you. And God has done everything in His power to make His way toward you, and He will not stop until He's found you and brings you back home. Praise God for His grace. Praise God for His grace. He's committed to it. He's urgent about it. He endures until He finds. And when He finds, He takes it upon Himself all that is necessary to bring you back home. While you, Romans 5, 8. Does anybody know it? While you are yet sinners, Christ died for you. Everything necessary to obtain your security, to obtain you coming back home, to obtain your eternal joy, to obtain you coming back into the care of the great shepherd, everything was done before you ever had a thought about God. Isn't that amazing? That is grace. While you were still sinner, Christ went to the cross for you, taking on your sin and my sin. Listen, when he got to that sheep, the shepherd didn't go, all right, sheep, get yourself up. Clean yourself. Come on, try harder. Follow me better. No, it wasn't a self-help program like all these gurus and Barnes and Noble tell you today. No. That's what religion says. Get yourself back to God. Jesus says, I'm here. Give yourself to me and I'll carry you home. That's the gospel. That is grace. That is the heart of God for you. You know what the sheep had to do? Let the shepherd conquer it. Submit. Be carried. And when he got back to that flock, love the shepherd forevermore for his grace and his kindness and his goodness and to follow that shepherd diligently for all of his days. That's the role of the sheep. God has done everything necessary to obtain your soul. Amen? Fourth truth is this. Repentance is a necessary response to God's grace. Jesus concludes both parables with a phrase, and he says this. What does he say? Look at it. Verse 7. 
Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who, what? Repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Look at verse 10. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What is repentance? What is repentance? Telling God you're sorry? Yes, that's a part of it. It's turning from yourself and turning from everything that you had delighted in to turn back toward Christ as your supreme, supreme treasure. It is forsaking all that you might have God. This is repentance. And you know what Jesus wants? Your repentance. The Bible says that there is joy in heaven when a sinner, what? Tries to make himself better, tries to find a way back to God, worships every Sunday diligently, prays constantly. No. What? When a sinner repents. Repentance is necessary. Turning away from self and turning toward Jesus. Bowing your knee and saying, Oh Lord, I've screwed it up. I've wasted it all. I've gone my own way and I have just, I, I have forsaken you, my God, my great shepherd, my owner, the one who created me in my mother's womb before I ever did anything. God, I have forsaken you, my God. And I'm sorry. I turn away from everything, everything. I forsake everything so that I might have you once again. You are everything that I need. That's repentance. It's the sheep going limp into the shepherd's arms so that the shepherd can pick him up and put him on his back and carry him back home. That's repentance. Amen? Are you living in repentance? Martin Luther, first thesis, says this, all of life is repentance. Are you living in repentance? There's nothing more than God wants for you than for you to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. It is not about you, it's about Him. Forsake everything, constantly, daily. Turn away from self and turn toward Christ. Turn away from self and turn toward God. That is the life of repentance. The fifth truth is this. God delights in the return of repentant sinners. Now this, let me just tell you, I don't even understand this. This is absolutely beyond our comprehension. That God has attached His eternal joy to our happiness. But this is the heart of love. You know that, right? Those who have been married or in good friendships, you know that when you love somebody, your joy is connected to their well-being. And God has set it in motion. Though God is eternally happy, He has set it in motion that His happiness will not find its fulfillment until everyone who is His sheep has been brought home. When you get back home into the arms of your Savior, you're not going to be getting back to God, Him going, "Uh uh-huh, I told you so. I can't believe you've been so stupid. No. God has His arms open. And his face is radiant, and he's ready to welcome you back into his arms.
This is the wonder of God. This is the person of God. He is ready and excited and overjoyed to have you come back to the place of pure and true relationship with Him. Have you been staying away from God in your life because you think, I don't know what He's going to be like if I get back home? Or, I, or have you been keeping sins hidden because you think that it's by being good that you can earn some kind of status and favor with God? Have you been doing that? Listen, God already knows your sins. He already knows your heart. He already knows that you're lost and He's already pursuing you. Christ, His Son, died for you so that you could have the forgiveness of sins. He's waiting for you to come. Asking you today is, do you see God is ready to welcome you back in? In the story, it's not the angels who are twirling around having a little party. It's God. It says that God is doing this before the angels. God is overjoyed to see the lost come back home. The final point of these parables is this. God is the hero of our story, not us. It is all about The hero of the story is not the sheep who was lost or the coin that was lost. It's the shepherd who found the sheep who came home to have the party. It's the woman who found the coin who came and then threw the party. The hero of your salvation is not you. Because let me tell you, you did not do anything to earn it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. It came to you as a gift for you to just open your hands and receive and say thank you. But look, who gets the credit when you're given a nice gift? The one who gave it, right? Who gets the credit when the sheep come home? The shepherd who found it. The shepherd's pointing to the sheep going, look at the sheep, I found my sheep. But everyone in the party knows who the hero is. It makes the shepherd look good, doesn't it? That's why in Jeremiah it says, Let the wise man not boast in his wisdom, nor the strong man boast in his strength, but let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. If you want to be happy about something in life, if you want to be proud about something in life, if you want to be gloating in something in life, don't gloat in yourself. Gloat in God. (laughs) Because He's the hero. You and I would be dead meat, lost in our transgressions if it were not for the grace of God who came to pursue us, who loved us enough to take on all cost Himself to send Jesus Christ to die for us so that we might turn to Him and believe. He's the hero, not us. Let me tell you, when you live in repentance and when you live in faith, God delights over your life. And I hope you see the heart of God today. A heart of grace, a heart of love, a heart of faithfulness, a heart of giving everything necessary to secure your eternal good, a heart of the good shepherd, a heart of the joyous one who welcomes you home. I pray today that you know the grace of God. Amen? If you'll stand with me, we're going to move to a time of response. And I just encourage you today... I don't know where you are. 
I really don't know where you are spiritually. I do know that in every crowd, just like the crowd that flocked around Jesus, there are those who respond to him and there are those who keep their hearts closed off to him. And Jesus has told these stories for both folks. I pray that today you know the grace of God in your life, that you are the sheep who has surrendered to the shepherd and has been brought back safely home. I pray that you are living in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the great Savior of the world, forgiver of sin. I pray that you're living in faith and repentance toward him. But if you're not today, if you have never known the love of God for you, if you're not in relationship with him, let me tell you, he is the shepherd who is pursuing you. You are lost, and you will stay lost until you give yourself to Jesus Christ. Allow Him to pick you up, to cleanse you, to make you right, to bring you back into the fold and the flock of God. I know that there are people in this room today who have never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And I pray, I urge you today, I urge you today to let the great shepherd pick you up and bring you back home, to give your life to Him. He has given His life for you. Will you see and respond and believe today? If that is the decision that you want to make today, I encourage you to come to make that known. And let me tell you, we will have a party. It's a celebration of grace because it's not about us. It's about Him. Let's respond as God moves today. If you want to join this church, this is a time to do that too. We would love to have you. Just respond as God leads. from the grave you came down to find us let us out of death to you alone belongs the highest praise you alone can rescue you alone can save you Our eyes to the giver of life. We lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes to the giver of life. Oh, we lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes to the giver of life. Oh, we lift up our eyes, lift up our eyes to the giver of life. Yeah, you from the grave you came down to find us let us out of death to you alone belongs the highest praise
Community Church because it takes money to support ministries here in Memphis and around the world. Ministries like Hoyt's that we continually support and ministries like uh, Glenn is about to be leaving probably about a month to Tanzania. He will be our church's missionary, fully funded by this church. And when I say by this church, I mean by you who give every single week. We are not a church that likes to get rich. We are a church that likes to spend extravagantly so that other people might know Jesus. And so that's what happens when you give here. We encourage you to give. If you're visiting with us, please don't feel obligated to give. I do want to remind you that we do now have online giving. It's a really cool thing. You can set it up. It's an automatic thing, weekly, monthly, whatever. And so take advantage of that, but also give today as the Lord leads. Hoyt, since you're here, do you mind to pray for our offering? And also, you're a recipient. You better pray hard, right? Jackets, hookers and robbers, the naked and hungry, mothers and fathers, abuses, excuses, guns in your hand, and even I welcome the arrogant man. I welcome you all to the biggest of feasts, a night of no shame, to pause and to breathe. This is the night of love's renovation, a feast I am sure that changed the whole nation. Be I am not such an excellent host, I'm one who forgives but needs it the most. I found the liar, the killer of hearts, I ran away with a new way to start. Journey to road where bright men appeared. He looked into me and my eyes filled with tears. My breath fast and short and my heart burning deep. He gave me new eyes and a new way to see. He said, come as you are, as you I stood 
defile this great love ways I felt such a famine when I ran away I miss the presence, the voice like a song I was nasty and dirty, I knew I was wrong But he ran to me like a dream, like a father This love is not earthly, this love must be other He carried me home and threw me a party A party so loud like the greatest love story Oh my dear friends, applaud now please I've invited you here to announce you are free he takes your chains, busting you out of prison. Just open your heart, let your heart come and listen. Oh, come, yes, as you are, as you are, as you are. Oh, he calls, come, as you are, as you are, as you are. You're pounding and screaming, you're raging, you're freaking, you're cussing and beating. Oh, while he holds you and always forgives, this is the story of love and of living. So wipe off your tears and laugh just a little. Come break the spread, celebrate the forgiven. Raise up a glass, a time to remember. Come break the spread, celebrate the forgiver. Oh, come, yes, as you are. Oh, as you as you are, oh, oh, come as you are, as you are, as you are, oh, come as you are, as you are, as you are, Christ calls. As you are, as you 